But once again, very welcome to you all to be here tonight at Lynchburg City Church. As I said earlier, my name is Joe, and I'm one of the pastors here. I'm really glad that you guys are here tonight. You picked a great night to come. Next week, we will begin our series in 3 John. So, for those of you who like and love expository preaching, I think it's one of the things that Lynchburg City Church is known for, is the verse-by-verse, phrase-by-phrase depth of studying God's Word. Well, we will begin next week in 3 John, but tonight there is a sermon that I... I needed to preach. I, I last preached a sermon about 10 months ago, at least a variation of it. And I will say in advance, because I know some of you guys are new tonight, um, I may catch you off guard at times. My, my tone tonight, my tone tonight may seem rather sharp and intense. Um, and in my tone, I, I hope you gather a sense of urgency from the Apostle Paul. So, uh, full disclosure, just a heads up. That being said, our text... 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. It says, Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. If I could, in one word, summarize this message, it would be interactions. How we interact with other people. Probably pretty clear from the text. talks about how we should treat and interact with older men, older women, younger women, younger men. Kind of covers all aspects and areas there. So we look at this and at first glance it might seem, well that seems kind of strange. He says not to rebuke an older man. Is that because... Older men are incapable of sinning and making mistakes, and they don't need any type of correction? No. So why is it wrong to rebuke an older man? Why, Why would it be wrong to correct an older man? And the answer is, it's not wrong. But you have to understand the situation that Timothy is facing. Paul is writing this letter to the young man who he's been mentoring. He is the pastor at the ancient church in Ephesus. And you know, if you've read 1 Timothy, that in the previous chapter we find out that some people are giving Timothy a really hard time. Not because he's ill-equipped, ill-trained, not because he's not a good teacher or preacher, but simply because he's a young pastor. I remember preaching through 1 Timothy... The first, I don't know, 42 weeks of the church back in 2013, we went through this book and being able to relate with this guy as a young pastor myself. People were giving him a hard time. Turning their noses up at Timothy. Just because he's young. It wasn't because he lacked training. Apostle Paul has trained and mentored this guy. It wasn't because he lacked credentials. Just because he's a young dude. Some people are like that, right? Oh, he's young, I don't have anything to learn from him. Or she's young, I don't have anything to learn from her. So, Timothy's in a very delicate situation here in Ephesus. A delicate situation. And so Paul says, okay, like, listen, you, you could go and rebuke them. Not the best thing, okay? They, they already don't, aren't your biggest fans. You need to treat them gently. You need to treat them carefully. You need to treat them very, very respectfully. 
So how do we treat the, the older men? Well, we treat them as fathers. We need to make sure that we are showing the utmost respect for the older men. How do we treat the, the older women as mothers? So, older men as fathers, older women as mothers. Which, ironically, of course, my mother is here tonight. So, I think you were, I think you were here, actually, when I preached this sermon back in uh, the prayer chapel Gen 1, back in 2013. When we had no bathroom, no air conditioning, no heat. Uh, and then, of course, we upgraded to having no walls, and we met outside. So um, that's the running joke here. Treat the older men. How? As fathers. Treat the older women. How? As mothers. Do you do that? Do you? Remember, uh, it was uh, summer 2004. I was going into my senior year in high school, and... My cousin Benny and his first girlfriend. I was visiting him down in Washington State. I say down because I'm from Alaska, so that makes sense to say down. So I was visiting cousin Benny, and we're, we're going to go see his girlfriend. He's going to introduce me to his girlfriend. He's a year younger than me. We're going to go over and see this girl. We'll call her Irene because that happens to be her name. <laughs> I always get a laugh when I use that joke, so thank you. And on the way over, he's kind of preparing me of what I should expect. And he said, you know, when... You get over there like, you know, well, what am I going to notice? Well, dude, she is so pretty. I said, what else? Um, she's really cool. I said, what else? She's, she's really pretty. Yeah, you said that. Okay, what else? Well, well, just to give you a heads up, I, nah, what is it? Well, I don't think it's a big deal, but sometimes how she treats her dad can... I said, yes. He said, I was, he was just walking around the word disrespect. He said, well, sometimes you can come off disrespectful. I said, okay. So I was there, and she had a little temper tantrum and was screaming and yelling at her dad. And I'm thinking, like, normally people are on a better behavior when they have the guest over. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Apparently that was one such occasion where it didn't matter. But how do you treat the older, the older men? How do you treat older women? As fathers and as mothers. Do you defer that type of respect to them that they should have? Maybe some of you right now are, you got off the, last time you got off the phone with an older man or an older woman, maybe it was your parent, you, you did not treat them. You were not acting toward them as you ought to. How do we treat, how do we treat the, the younger men? A lot of young dudes in here. So I think Lynchburg City Church, uh, fame to claim, right? 68% of the members are guys. I ran the numbers again. I didn't believe it, but that's true. So how do we treat the younger men? A lot of young guys sitting around you, ladies. How do you treat them? Well, according to Paul, you treat them as brothers. As brothers. You treat them as brothers. Any of you guys have brothers? Yeah? Okay. Got some brothers? You treat them as brothers. And the problem is, you think about why Paul might be saying this. Why would he be telling them to treat them as brothers? They should do that, right? Yeah, they should if they were. Most of this letter is corrective in nature. He's telling them to do things that perhaps they are not doing, as some of us are not doing. How do we treat the younger men? We treat them as brothers. You know, when I came to Liberty University, fall of 2005, 
I was here. Never had a girlfriend. Obviously, that changed, so praise God for that. I remember not knowing anything about the social dynamics that often take place and occur within boy-girl relationships. There was a major and serious learning curve. And no, I wasn't homeschooled. I just, I didn't know. And some of you guys are, some of you guys are homeschooled and no disrespect. Just, I'm just trying to be funny. And my roommate Dallas, he showed me the ropes. He explained to me some different things I needed to identify. He said, Joe, you've got to be intentional. So if you ask to hang out with a girl, say, hey, can we hang out sometime? Maybe go to the rock, can we do something? Catch, catch dinner, catch lunch, catch coffee, catch ice cream, catch a ball, whatever. You've got to be intentional. So find out what, what she says. If she says, oh, sorry, but I've got to wash my hair, she's not interested. If she says, oh, I'm sorry, but I've got to do the laundry, She's not interested. If she says, oh, sorry, but i got to eat my grandmother's soup that she made me last week. True story. She's not interested. <laughs> okay. If she says, sorry, but I, I told my roommates I, I would play video games with them today. She's not interested. Also another true story. But if she says, yes, brother, you're in luck. <laughs> and even if she says no, but then says, but maybe we could take a rain check and hang out another time, then my friend, there is still hope. There is still hope. So I got to the point where I could identify rather quickly. Okay, I mean, I, I could just smell it like a mile away, whatever direction, whether there was something or whether there was nothing. And so it was two years ago, I think, a young man, I remember from the church, he came and he approached me. Now keep in mind, what's the instruction? We treat the younger men as brothers. We treat them as brothers. So this guy comes to me. He says, hey, so Joe, I'm struggling with whether or not this girl likes me. And I'm like, well, you've come to the right place. Okay, my, my buddy Dallas wasn't technically an elective class, but man, I, I know how this works. So tell me what's going on. He said, well, I've been hanging out with her the last two weeks. I said, it's going well so far. He said... <clears throat> I, uh, I've been, you know, hanging out with her one-on-one. -on -one. I said, it's going really well. He said, I've been taking her out, buying her lunch, buying her dinner, taking her to movies, you know, doing, I think, date things. I said, you are? I said, my friend, I said, this has been going on for two weeks. I said, here's the thing. I said, this should be smooth sailing. Okay, all you need to do is land the plane, pretty much. I mean, he was in such a position, like, honestly, you just need to sit there. I mean, the, the autopilot should just take you down perfectly. So, you just need to have an intentional conversation. You know, at the time, I don't know what they call it today. We call it a DTR. You define the relationship. You got to DTR it up. So, I said, you got to have an intentional conversation. I mean, if you really like her, if things are going well, okay, I'm not saying you have to have it today, but you need to, you know, see where, see where things are progressing. You need to have this conversation. So, he comes back to me maybe a week or two later, and he's very downcast. <clears throat> and I'm thinking like, all right, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't miss anything, so what's the problem. What's the issue here? Just tell me what's going on. I said, Joe, she said she just wants to be friends. I said, hold on. Tell me the whole conversation. Well, I told her how I felt, and she said, oh, I am so sorry. I don't know what gave you that impression that I liked you. <laughs> yeah. 
So, I, I'm so, I, I just saw you as, as a friend. I, I have no idea why you, why you thought I, I might like you, but please forgive me. That's, that's not doing this. That's not treating the younger men as brothers. In all purity. Yes, that's not. That's, that's not right. I, I, I remember there was a girl I knew. Uh, and she would go out, basically, with any guy who asked her whether she liked him or not, just so she could get a free meal. I know, a savage, right? <laughs> treat the younger men, treat the younger men as, treat the younger men as, treat the younger men as brothers in all purity. Now, some of you girls... You know, maybe think about how you interact with guys. Maybe you need to think about how you interact with guys. Or maybe some of you girls, you might need to have a conversation with a friend you know and how they interact with guys. Now, I, I, oftentimes, obviously from this, you know, I, I see this oftentimes, especially with girls. Treat the younger men as brothers. I know, it's just, it can happen with guys too, but oftentimes with girls. And, and every single guy they meet, it's like, Oh, I wonder if he's my future husband. Oh, no, no, it doesn't have blue eyes. <laughs> oh, I wonder if senior it's a very single guy you meet. It's like, oh, I wonder if he's my future husband. No, he doesn't play the guitar, so. I wonder if he's my and instead of viewing them first and foremost as brothers, they're just tunnel vision. Every single guy is a potential husband. You say, well, shouldn't I know what I'm looking for? Of course. But first and foremost, it's treat the younger men as brothers. And what happens is there's a lot of Christian guys who genuinely love God, love the people of God, love the Word of God, and they just get completely trampled over. You're saying, well, you're saying I have to date them or give them a... No, no, I'm saying that oftentimes these girls, they're just, just like, oh, well, he, clearly he's not, you know, husband material. I'm like, well, I'm glad you figured that out in 10 seconds. You know, and so it's like I don't even talk to him. I don't even talk. I just ignore this person. And it can, it can definitely be flipped and flopped. And so they just get ignored. It's like, okay, I'm looking around. Who's the most? Okay, I'm going to go right to that person. Boom. And just ignore these people instead of treating them first and foremost as brothers. And there's, there's some rationale for this. And it tends to go one of two ways, ladies. It tends to go one of two ways. There are some girls... And for them, they just so idealize, like, and idealize a relationship that uh, they just want it so bad that they feel like everything will just be better if they have it. And that's not the case. It's not. And so some of these, some of these girls, their standards are so low, so when it comes to, all right, well, I'm treating him as my brother, and now potentially beyond that, like their standards are so low, basically their minimum requirement, if they're going to hang out with a guy or maybe get to know him beyond just a brother, is like, is he breathing or not? Like that's the minimum, like, is, he, is he breathing? Because they just, they just want it so bad, like it doesn't matter who asks, like I just, I just so want that, like if I just have that, it'll all be better. And it won't, it won't. And then there's the opposite, and there's some ladies who, like, their standard is so just 
ridiculously high. It's, it's unrealistic. It's idealistic. It's like, yeah, you say, well, it's not wrong. To, shouldn't I know what I want in a guy, right? And, you know, it's the girl that has a list of, like, these are 237 things I want in a guy. I want him to be a good preacher, basically somewhere between like a David Platt and a Matt Chandler. I want him to be able to, you know, have the technical savvy to do pretty much anything with his hands, carpentry. Uh, I want him to be friendly, but not too friendly. Tall, but not too tall. I want him to play at least two to three musical instruments, be able to sing this well, and, and on and on. It's just so unrealistic. It's like Jesus could show up and say, hey, I'd like to take you out for coffee. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm not really into facial hair so much. <laughs> I'm just saying And I think a lot of this can be avoided. A lot of these mistakes can be cut off if first and foremost, how do you treat the younger men? As brothers. As brothers. Some of you ladies aren't doing that. That's not okay. It's not. And you really need to think about how you interact with guys. First and foremost, you treat them as brothers in all purity. It's at this point in the sermon, and I preached earlier today in front of a predominantly male military audience, I think everyone was ready to take out their thunder sticks and be like, yeah! And that was awesome, right? And I said, hang on, guys. Uh, I'm coming to you next. Gentlemen, how do we treat... How do we treat the younger women... According to Paul, we treat them as sisters. We treat them as sisters. And then Paul adds the phrase, in all purity. In all purity. Purity always gets brought up, especially at Christian schools in Lynchburg. I'm not here to talk to you about purity. You've probably heard that message too many times. But I think there are practical applications to be made. Gentlemen, how do we treat the younger women? We treat them as sisters in all purity. And of course, the question comes up, well, Joe... Where's the line? Just to do this thing, treat them in all purity, treat them, the younger women, in all purity. So, so where's the line? And I find that oftentimes that question, where is the line, or I don't like cliches, but how far is too far, sometimes can be a very selfish question. And the answer is, is because it sometimes reveals the heart of someone who says, all right, so basically what I'm asking is, how close can I get to sinning without actually crossing the line? So if the line's here, so I can basically like... I mean, technically, like, you know, maybe I could just, you know, prop, you know. And that's oftentimes reflective of the heart. Not always. Treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. So how do we do this? I will not be preaching a sermon tonight on ten ways to treat the younger women as sisters in all purity because Paul already answers the question for us there in the text. The way you treat the younger women in all purity is when you treat them as your sister. Anybody have sisters? I have a sister. Some of you guys maybe have sisters in here right now. So, my sister Olivia, she is the age, I think, she's 20? She's born in 95, November? Is that 20? You get the point. Say, so how would I treat, let's think about this. Paul says, treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. What might this look like practically? Well, would I hold my sister Olivia's hand? I would. Maybe, you know, we're dancing or we're ice skating or something. Like, I'd hold her hand. Would I hug her? I'd hug her. Give her a kiss on the cheek or on the forehead. On, yeah, I'd do that. Would I stick my tongue in my sister's mouth? No, that's just weird. 
That's just weird. Treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. Now I know, some of you guys are, as I continue to preach tonight, you are not going to like the things I have to say. If you know me, then you know that I don't care. Um, I, don't, I don't say that like, you know, like arrogantly, but I'm not here to tell you what you want to hear. I'm here to tell you what you need to hear, what God says. People say, so are you saying right now, because it kind of seems like you're saying that if I kiss the girl I'm into, that's a sin. I'm not saying that, okay? Let's end that small group discussion for like 30 minutes. <laughs> I did not say that. But I'll tell you, it's a dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. It is. Okay? Why? Because kissing's fun. That's why. And I, I'll be honest, you know, and people say, oh, I, don't, I don't like that. Like, you're, you're tuning me out right now. Like, I'll tell you right now. As a married guy and knowing other married dudes, like I don't know that many people who get married and say, "Man, I wish I while I was dating." Said like nobody ever. Like I wish I would have crossed over all these physical lines while I was dating. So I'm I'm saying this because I don't want you to start off your your relationship, your marriage, with cracks in the foundation. I want you to have a firm foundation. I'm not saying it's a sin. I'm saying it's, it's dangerous. You need to be careful. It can escalate quickly. Why? Because a lot of young guys, a lot of young girls, like that's how God made you. Right? That's, that's, that's okay. But to really be mindful and to really think through what, you know, what, what boundaries should I or should I not have? Which at that point, people are like, what are boundaries? Some people ask that. I don't even know what boundaries are. Well, a great book to get is Boundaries. Surprisingly enough, the title is self-explanatory. It's a great book. It's a great book to get. If you, if maybe you weren't raised very well to have those type of boundaries. What, what should the rules be? I talk to a lot of young dudes. I think I've probably talked to like, I don't know, like four young dudes who are dating in the last couple of weeks. And so I asked them. I always ask them, how's it going with, with purity? But then I like to ask them this question. I like to ask this question and say this. I say, all right, what are the boundaries? What are the rules? Mm, do you have boundaries? I usually start with that. Do you have boundaries? What are the rules? And they either answer, well, yes or no. Um, usually it's, it's yes because, well, we live in Lynchburg, so we hear this stuff a lot. So, we, so we're, we're halfway there, or maybe a quarter of the way there. And I say, all right. Who knows what those boundaries are? Well, I know. Anybody else? Well, she knows. Anybody else? Nope, that's it. Some of you guys might be familiar with the Babylon Bee. Babylon Bee? Yeah? Christian satire? I mean, sometimes, sometimes the articles are so funny. Just even the titles. So one title I'm thinking of, it says, Man, after, after a long search, man chooses himself to be his own accountability partner. <laughs> Pretty funny stuff. So I asked. I'm like, do you have boundaries? Yes. Who knows? Me. Anybody else? Her. Like, that will come in real handy when you're sitting on a Friday night in a parked car. Like, you're going to hold each other accountable in that moment? Like, like, as your hormones bounce off the walls, like protons and neutrons and electrons? And... Who, who knows about it? tell you right now, I'm not telling you what your boundaries should be, but do you have them? Why? Because having them will help you to treat the younger women as sisters. 
Therefore, do you have them? If so, who knows about it? This is what I usually say. I'm not telling you what to have. I'm just saying you should have them and somebody should know about it other than you, other than her. Like if you're a dude, one of your buddies who loves God, he should know. Ladies, one of your friends who loves God, she should know. And I'll take it not only lateral, but upwards. An older guy, gentleman, in your life should have that. Ladies, an older girl in your life should have that. You say, I don't have an older guy, older girl. Okay, well, that's easy. You just find one. Come talk to me after service. I'll give you some recommendations. So how do we treat the younger women as sisters in all purity? And yet some of you guys are just... Some of you guys are just so dumb. You're so dumb. Like you think that it's somehow going to work out okay when you go over to your girlfriend's off-campus apartment at 11 o'clock on a Friday night and decide to start a movie. That's dumb. I mean, that's really dumb. Like that, that never ends in deep discussions dealing with cinematography. Like ever. Let alone if it actually ends at all. You never, never even get to the end of the movie. I understand that there's a, a desire to, to want to spend time, especially when you meet someone that loves God, loves His Word, loves His people. There's a desire. You want to spend time with them. So some of the sage advice that I've received came from my mentor, who's sitting to my left. Um, he always says, Pastor Daniel, you always say, learn to be alone in the crowd. So I want to hang out one-on-one. That's cool. Learn to be alone in the crowd. Do it in public. Do it in public. Her car? Nope. Her apartment? Nope. Okay, can I go to the mall? Yeah, you can go to the mall. The mall's a great place. Go to the mall. Learn to be alone in a crowd. Gentlemen, we need to treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. And some of you guys aren't doing so well in doing this. And some of you guys come up with just the most ridiculous excuses for why you're the exception to the rule. Everyone wants to think they're the exception to the rule. I meet the, you know, I meet the one guy who says, that's my favorite guy. My favorite guy who says, you know, tells the girl up front, listen, I'm not looking for anything. I just want to be, just want to be friends. Okay, I'm not looking for a relationship. And, and the girl is like, um, okay. And then he proceeds to do non-brotherly sister things with her. And then he wonders why she gets so upset when he pieces out. Because his actions were betraying the very words that he said. And of course, his excuse is, well, I was up front, I told her, I, just, I wasn't looking for anything, I just wanted to be friends, and yet you're acting like boyfriend-girlfriend with her, and you're wondering why she's upset? Dude, you're a moron. You're a moron. Like, you're using her. No, no, I was honest and up front. Now your actions, your actions betrayed the very things that you said. That's not treating the younger women as sisters in all purity. Some of you guys, you treat, you the, treat these, these girls like a recreational activity. Tends to be, oftentimes young dudes, I mean, they're, they're like a dog chasing a ball. And like once they catch it, they don't know what to do with it. And I'm like, all right, do plan, plan. Because in their mind, the whole objective is, she's hot, pursue her, she says yes, now I've got a hot girlfriend. Haven't really thought beyond that. Like, what's the day? Today's Sunday. Okay, yeah. Not even thinking about the next day. And they treat, they treat these girls, some of you guys, you treat these girls like they're just this recreational sport and activity. 
Like you're just trying to fill a time slot. Gentlemen, if you're trying to fill a time slot, and that's all, that's all you're looking for, like find a show on Netflix. Don't, don't just use and date some girl just because you can. Let me be clear. Just because you can date someone doesn't mean you should. A lot of you guys are just, you're not responsible enough to even think about that endeavor. Girls, if, if, a guy, if a guy says to you, hey, I'm, I'm, I just want to be friends, and then he's acting like boyfriend, girlfriend, please run away. And I'll be honest, gentlemen, I understand. It can, it can flip. We can go the opposite way. Run. She's not worth it. He's not worth it. They're not. Like, I, I want to basically do boyfriend, girlfriend things, but just no commitment so that I can kind of just keep you on the line until the next best thing comes by. That's wrong. That's not treating the younger women as sisters in all purity. Some of you guys really need to think about how you interact with girls. Some of you guys are not treating them like God's daughters. You're being very foolish. The phrase, in all purity, that pops off the page. right? Treat the younger women as sisters, treat the younger men as brothers, in all purity. And so when we see that word purity... Our mind automatically goes just to the, the physical. And that's not necessarily wrong. I think it's just slightly incomplete. And the reason why is because usually before the physical goes, the emotional goes. Please hear me out. Usually before the physical goes, the emotional goes. Two years ago, there's a young lady I knew. She um, got asked out by a guy. Really good looking guy. Really, really handsome guy. And they went out. Um, she comes back a couple days later. She's telling me, kind of giving me a back brief. Telling me how, how it went. And she said, well, he's really handsome. I said, yep, I know that. Um... But she said it was kind of strange. I said, why was it so strange? Well, we don't know each other. Like, we've only known each other, like, not even a week. And he was sharing very deep and very personable and very vulnerable and heavy things um, about his past and, and just things that I didn't necessarily think I, I should be hearing on a first or second date. Things I, I, I didn't think I should necessarily be hearing in the first month of knowing someone. And I said, well, I think you're right. I think there's one of two reasons why that's happening. One of two reasons. Remember, I, I, I lived with Dallas for a whole year, so he, he caught me up to speed on how the game is played. I said, one, he either has no sense of propriety whatsoever, he has no boundaries, he doesn't know what boundaries are, he should read the book Boundaries. I said, or two, and this is the position I, I was leaning toward, especially knowing just this good-looking guy, not that this is a fault if you're good-looking or handsome, but I said, I think potentially he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's trying to manipulate you. He said, how do you manipulate someone by just being honest and sharing your, your heart, right? So, right share, just, just be honest. Like, listen to your heart. Terrible advice, says the prophet Jeremiah in verse seven, chapter 17, verse 9. For the heart is deceitfully wicked above all else. Who shall understand it? Yeah. I said, I think the reason he was doing that potentially is because he was trying to create a false sense of intimacy with you. Because when you share deep, heavy things with someone, when you do that, you usually feel obligated to share deep, heavy things with them. 
And maybe you're good at guarding your heart, guys and girls, but that's usually the result. So I come, I share, I'm a guy, I share deep, heavy things. Now the girl's like, oh, he's, he's being so real and transparent. I'm going to share deep and heavy things with him. And now it feels like we've known each other for like months. And I'm like, nope, it's only been a week. It's only been a week, but it's created this false sense of intimacy. So now we feel much closer than we actually are. So there goes the emotional, and so goes the physical. And I said, I think he's doing that intentionally to create a false sense of intimacy with you so that, hate to be crass, so he can hook up with you. You need to guard your hearts. Gentlemen, you need to treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. And sometimes, one of the wisest advice I ever got, there's a guy named Dave McKinney. He was there before, he was basically Justin Kinsel before Justin Kinsel. If you don't know who Justin Kinsel is, then I'm sorry, you're lost. Um, Wise guy, Campus Praise Band, he's gone now, but he said, you know, especially in this aspect, like, I remember being on a, on a date with a girl, and, and she was doing that, and I don't think it was intentional, he said, but I just stopped her and said, hey, like, I want to cut you off for a second. I, I really want to hear what you have to say. I, I do. Um, I want to hear what you have to say, but I just, I don't think right now is the, the best time to do that, and I want to protect you and guard your heart. I was so impressed. Me and my buddies, we started calling that move the Dave McKinney. <laughs> and the guys were trying it like they'd be on a date and the girl would be like, yeah, I was at the math emporium. He's like, hold on. <laughs> Treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. Say, what about the good situations? You've been so down. You've been a buzzkill. Like, what about the good situations? What if I meet that person? I meet that guy. I meet that girl. We go from spiritual brother and sister to perhaps something beyond that. In the romantic. What about then? What do I do then? Well, I normally tell people, um, I normally tell people, try to be single as long as you possibly can until you're caught in his or her tractor beam. Like, try hard. Try hard. I mean, you're at liberty. You don't have to look too hard. I mean, like I said, just because you can date somebody doesn't mean you should date somebody. But try hard to be single as long as you possibly can. I think one of the challenges that people put themselves in, they put themselves in really hard situations. I know you guys aren't going to want to hear this from me, but I feel I need to tell you. You know, uh, you know, a young guy, young girl, 18 years old, they get together, they love God, I understand that, and they, they start uh, pursuing this romantic relationship. And the problem with that is, even with a guy who's like, yeah, like I, I want to, you know, continue to pursue her and then marry her, you know, um, four years from now. I'm like, marry her four years from now? be honest, I dated my wife six months and like to the glory of God, like we didn't mess around. We didn't do anything that we shouldn't have done that would reflect bad on myself as a Christian. But that was six months. The guys are like, yeah, I'm going to date four, 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 four years? Like six months, like I want to pounce on my wife like a ninja. Like, I mean... <laughs> We're married, so that's, that's okay. But some of you guys, you set yourselves up for impossible situations. You set yourselves up for just ridiculously impossible situations. I'm not saying it's sinful. I'm just saying, well, why are you dating them? Well, I want to get to know them. So the only way, therefore, you can get to know them is if you date them. Think about that if you're going to argue that point. Why are you dating them? Even for the godliest of people. Why? Because what, 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 I, what I want you to do is I want you to be able to execute on 1 Timothy 5. I want you to treat the younger, younger men as brothers. I want you to treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. And some of you set yourselves up for very difficult situations. Say, well, I want to date them. I, I care about them. I got that. I think there's a time and a place for that. Is it sinful to date someone four years? No. It's dangerous, though. It is. 
to date someone four years and not think you're going to run into some problems where there are times where you're not treating them as brothers or sisters in all purity and, and boundaries and things are being crossed is dangerous. You say, are you advocating? Like, are you saying what I think you're saying? I probably am saying what you think I'm saying. Like, if, if you're not ready to get married right now, like, if, if your dad is still giving you his gas card, if, like, you, if you're not ready to get married, then why are you dating them? And I know, I know, I'm going to get really, you know, I'll get some hate mail later this week for saying that, but seriously, like, if you're not ready to get married, why are you dating them? Saying, so I have to be ready? I think you at least need to be close to the end. There's no, there's no rule here, okay? I think four years is too long. That's all I'll say on that matter. I think four years is too long, and it's, it's going to be that much harder, and you're going to need that much more accountability, okay? That much more accountability. So, I'm in the situation, Joe. Let's say I am there. Great relationship. He, she, loves God, loves God's word, loves the people of God. Now what? Then what? What would you do? Well, if my sister was sitting here, I'd probably say, all right, Livia, is he a Christian? And she'd say, hopefully, yes. Yes, he's a Christian. And I'd say, what does that mean? It means he has a personal relationship with Jesus. And I'd say, what does that mean? At which point we're like, okay, what's the other thing I saw on the t-shirt? Like, Let me be clear. Like, Judas had a personal relationship with Jesus for three years. Judas. The devil... Personal relationship with Jesus. Think about the implications. Think about, you know, words have meanings. What do you mean by that? I love asking that. I love getting clarifications on that. They say, oh, he loves Jesus. Jesus is his deepest desire, his greatest treasure. And uh, it's clear in his actions and his conduct. Okay, maybe you've sold me. I miss my little sister after all. They say, all right, well, what about, uh, is he part of a local church? Well, no, he's just, you know, he's, he's really busy right now. So, you know, he just kind of hops around wherever he gets the chance, kind of, you know, just church hops, looking for the church, looking for the right church. So the right church, huh? I think Mark Driscoll said, if, if, if you're looking for the right church, you're looking for the perfect church and you find it, don't go because you'll just screw it up. That church doesn't exist. It doesn't. It does not exist. But is he part of a local church? Is he, is he made a covenant? Is he, has he made a commitment to be the church? Is he part of a small group? Does he have older guys speaking into his, into his life, holding him accountable? 19-year-old prayer leader, that's great. Or whatever it's called, that's great. It's beneficial. Is that it? Well, he just doesn't know. He, he, no, he doesn't have the time right now. Or for whatever reason, no, he doesn't have an older guy in his life. Why not? Well, I, I don't know. Guys, you should have older dudes in your life that you're pursuing. Hey, can I hang out with you? Hey, can I spend time with you? That's what I did when I was a first-year seminary student in 2009. I was like, hey, can I hang out with you? Hey, can I spend time with you? Hey, can I come to your office? Hey, can we meet up? Hey, can we talk? All the time. Matt Chandler says, young dudes get in the way of older dudes. Young girls get in the way of older dudes. That's, that's part of discipleship. Most practically speaking. Here's another thing. Do they isolate you? I see some relationships, and some of you guys, like, you're, as soon as I said that, you're even, you think of someone right now. Like, do they isolate you? You know the couple, right? It's just always them. It's just him and her, him and her, him and her. And usually, but not always, it tends to be the guy not wanting her to hang out with her friends, not wanting her to pursue other older women, not wanting her to be a part of the people of God. These are real questions. If any of you said, hey, can, can we sit down with you and Diana and just talk to you? I'm in a situation. These are things I'm going to challenge you with. 
Does, does the guy lead in these areas? Does he lead in these areas? Gentlemen, you can be what right looks like. You can be a man and treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. If you take responsibility, if you just take responsibility, listen, some of you guys, you're not big, you're not strong in a cage fight, it wouldn't go well for you. In a squirt gun fight, it wouldn't go well for you. But gentlemen, if you just take responsibility, you want to do one thing, you want to treat the younger women as sisters in all purity, I think it begins by taking responsibility. Ask a series of questions. You may or may not answer yes or no. Then take responsibility. If it's no, fix it. Fix it. Some of you guys, like, you can't even wake up for your classes. And they're in the afternoon. Like, you shouldn't so much have a pet, let alone a girlfriend or a wife. You can't even take responsibility for yourself. And some of you girls are so foolish. And you make excuses for these little boys. You do them no favor whatsoever. Oh, but he's just going through a phase. Let me be clear about phases. When you're dating someone, that's when they're supposed to be on their best behavior. Not later on. Not he has so much potential. Right here, right now. You do him no service at all when you make excuses for his irresponsibility. And these tend to be the girls who just crave that relationship so much that they'll take the breadcrumbs or whatever they can get from it. Because they feel like, if I just have him, it'll... It'll be okay. And sometimes we need to be humble enough to say, I'm not there. I think perhaps the most responsible thing that some of us can do and say is, I'm not there right now. And that's okay. But oh, guys, be careful. Let me, let me give you a warning from, from Moses, from Deuteronomy 7. A warning I, I, I see throughout Scripture. Remember when we came to Malachi 2 last year? I saw it there. Malachi, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 7, 3 to 4. Moses says, you shall not intermarry. You say I'm talking about marriage. I think there's a practical application, so just listen. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons, or taking their daughters for your sons, for they would turn away your sons from following me. There's a real danger, especially for some of you who are so foolish to make excuses for irresponsible little boys. We just aren't there yet. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not being there yet. But when you're dating someone, that's when they're supposed to be on their best behavior. Don't buy into the trap that, well, it'll be okay later on. Like, it'll just work itself out. Or, and here's the lie. Here's the lie. Well, I'm his only Christian friend. Like, I can't leave him. Like, I can't break up with him or I can't not be friends with him. He needs me. No, he needs Jesus. That's what he needs. And you buy this lie like that you're his Savior. There is one Savior. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's it. Don't buy into that lie. Well, I got to stay with him. I got to be with him. I got to hang on to him. Like, what Bible do you read? Did you not just hear what Moses said? 
our spiritual ancestor. You shall not intermarry with them, giving your daughters to their sons or taking their daughters for your sons, for they will turn away your sons from following me. Let me say it again in case you didn't hear it. They will turn your sons away from God. They will. They will. Two years ago, my friend Katrina called me. She had been dating this guy for a while. It was so good. It was so perfect. It just clicked on every level. I mean, they took the personality test. I mean, they lined up on everything. But she said, I struggle because I don't feel like spiritually he's, he's where he needs to be. He tells me all the right answers. But there's just something that I feel a caution. I said, that's the Holy Spirit. Do not continue to date him. Don't date him. Oh, but if I leave him, no. But he needs, no, he needs Jesus. She married him. Like I think a lot of girls think, and they think it'll just work out somehow magically. It'll, it'll get better. It'll fix itself on its own. Remember, when you're dating someone is when they're supposed to be on their best behavior. Three weeks ago, she messaged me. She said, hey, Joe. And I knew. I knew. I knew exactly what you're thinking right now. I said, what's wrong? She said, well, he kicked me out of the house. He's filing for divorce. He was abusing me. I said, does he profess to be a Christian? He said, she said that, no, um, he says that he hates God and he only told me what I wanted to hear while we were dating so that, he'd, so that I'd marry him. They're going to turn your sons away from following God. They're turn your daughters away from following God. They will. They'll do that. And I, I know you get trapped, right? It's like, oh, they're so good looking. Right? They're so hot. Just, I'm sorry. I just, when I'm with them, they're just so, so attractive. Gentlemen, be careful. Right? right? They're so hot. Listen. She may be hot, but so is hell. It's real. They will turn your sons away from God. And it happens. Happens, right? Because you want it to happen. And you just believe if you believe enough. Right? All you need is love and it'll just work out. Oh. Be careful. I think part of that carefulness begins here. We treat the younger men as brothers. We treat the younger women as sisters in all purity. I uh, had the TV on the other night, sitting around with my crew, which was basically Josh, Nick, and Diana, and Noah. We were, I think, we turned the TV on, I think it was the end of an old season of, like, The Bachelor, and the girl had just been rejected. The drama. The pageantry, right? She'd just been rejected. Of course, you know, you can imagine, you know, she'd built this all up in her head over the course of, you know, a very long eight weeks. And she's going on and on. She's just crying and crying, and she's saying, I'm just looking for a man, a man who will love me unconditionally. 
Like, where's that guy? And she's talking to the camera. Like, where's the man that's going to make me feel like I'm worth something? Where's the man who's going to fight for me? Where's the man who's going to love me unconditionally? And I couldn't take it anymore. And I yell out, they nailed that guy to the cross. That's where he is. They nailed him to the cross. And so many of us, we just buy into this idea. If I have him, it will be okay. You see, we all have this deep thirst factory. And there's one thing that will quench our thirst. John chapter 6. Jesus says, whoever comes to me will never go thirsty. Whoever, whoever comes to me will, excuse me, he says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever comes to me will never go thirsty. I'm the bread of life. I am living water. Guys, I love you. I love you. But some of you guys are foolish. Some of you guys are living in the land of Oz. And I thought tonight you needed a sense of reality to really think about this. How do we interact and treat people? As the band comes, I'd like to pray. We love you, God. Creator of the universe, we thank you for being able to be here tonight, to gather corporately as your people. God, I think some of us need to be just convicted of honestly the garbage and crap that we have been doing, saying, thinking, idolizing, I pray that you would be our greatest king. I pray that you would be our greatest treasure. I pray that you would be the bread of life, that you would be the living water for each of us. That we would be wise, God. That we would be wise. And that we would listen to someone who knows what they're talking about, namely the Apostle Paul, as he gives his young protege, Timothy, this advice. But we know this is hard. And so I pray with the early church father, St. Augustine, Lord, command what you will and give what you command. Lord, command what you will and give what you command. Enable us to have the courage to do the right thing. In your name we pray, amen.